lovely to be back home here, to be honest. It's, uh, it's a privilege to go and speak in other places. I've been in a couple of churches in Manchester appointing elders and uh, in Cardiff uh, last week. But uh, there's, there's no place like home, as they say. So it's great to be back uh, with my Hope Church family uh, today. Really lovely. So um, cool. We, pr- we probably just need to say as well, week Tuesday... Um, We've got uh, an advance extra, and um, that's to do, uh, we, we will very briefly say this is how we spent the money, which if you're not interested in, you really ought to be. Uh, so that's how we spent last year's money, uh, what we're trusting God for this year. Uh, we'll briefly do that, and then we want to, um, want to talk about the, the Granary Building Project. Uh, we, I hope we'll have some big diagrams of, of that around and uh, perhaps we'll do some cake at the beginning so you've got time to have a look at it and say, what's that mean and what's this mean? Uh, we'll do all of that and we'll pray together and uh, update everyone as to where we are uh, We go to that. So that, that will be, um, be fun, won't it? God, blimey. Goodness. It's not every generation gets the chance to buy a building and do it up for the next two or three generations, you know. It's a great joy and a privilege to be involved in that. So that's a, that's a week Tuesday anyway. If you've got a Bible, perhaps you could turn to, um, to Joshua, and we're going to read uh, part of Joshua chapter 1, uh, and I'll cheat a bit and refer to some verses in chapter 3 as well, because um, I'm allowed to do that because I'm preaching. So there we go. So uh, there we are. I want, want to talk about um, pushing forward into a new season. We're doing a bit of, uh, a, a, bit of a series on um, what we've called... Uh, have a go. We want to have a culture where people can have a go. When you can try something, you can, you can put a gazebo up and pray for some people and see what happens. Why not? You can, you can wander around the town praying and see what God does. We want to be a church that can try some things. Start a one of those. Try one of these. We want to be like that, don't we? I, I love stories where people have had a go. It's, it's always easy afterwards, isn't it? When you hear the story that so-and-so prayed for someone outside the chemist on St. Peter's, uh, and they got healed, which did happen. We heard that story a couple of weeks ago. That's great, but actually somebody had to decide to have a go. Do you know, do you know what I mean? That, that moment when you think, I, I might look a bit silly here, or even I will look a bit silly here, that somebody has to step out and, and, and try something. And so we're, we're encouraging that. So we've got a series uh, on... Uh, on courage, if you like, on building a have-a-go courage. And, uh, and that's corporate as well, because sometimes, as in this story, the whole people of God have to step forward. Uh, and churches are, obviously, we're individuals, we become Christians individually, but we're a family uh, on a mission together. And, and so there are times where, corporately, as a, as a family church, we have to say, okay, we're going to do this. We're stepping forward together. And that's what happens in this uh, story here. So I'll read a few verses and then we'll get going with some principles for pushing forward into a new uh, season. Joshua chapter 1 then, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, I think he'd noticed that because he'd not been around for a while. And also in the last chapter of the previous book, Deuteronomy, it says that they'd, been, they'd had a period of 30 days mourning, ritual mourning. Some cultures have a period of mourning, and so they would have done nothing apart from mourn Moses 
tell stories about Moses, pray about Moses. So they knew he was dead. What God was saying was, you know Moses dead, now it's time to get going. There's a new season. They, they knew he'd died, but they were announcing, hey, it's time to push forward into a new season. And here we are at the, in the natural at the start of an, a, a new term. It's, it's sort of school term, I think in school years, really. Uh, so, so we're starting a new term. It's a new forward, uh, a, a new period. There's also a new period of church life uh, and a new phase in the building project. And it's as if God is saying, hey, come on, get ready. It's, it's time. Moses is dead. Don't know that anyone's died, but that's what God was saying. Hey, come on. This is a new phase of life for you, a new adventure of faith. So he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, because it's a corporate thing, not just for Joshua, get ready to cross the River Jordan into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. That's the second time. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I'd be getting nervous now since the third time he's said that. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Uh, we'll, we'll pause there. It says some more things. So... Um, so some principles for going forward. It was a new season for them. It was going to be a season of warfare, but a season of possessing what God had promised. God was announcing it's time to push forward yet again. It's, a, it's an interesting principle that God promises things, but we have to take them. Uh, there was a promise there. The promise was there, and, and he was saying, hey, I haven't forgotten the promise. And sometimes you can think that. Churches can think, oh, it's been a long time since... God said it. It's been a long time since God spoke to me about such and such. It's been a long time since he said to them, hey, I'm giving you a land. In fact, it had been 40 years of watching their parents die. So it's, that's not very encouraging, is it? 40 years of wandering in circles in the desert, trying to believe the promises of God when the people that had been given the promise ha had passed away. And yet, he says, hey, the promise I gave Moses is still relevant. I'm going to give you that land, but you've got to now do something. And he gives them some principles for obtaining the promises. See, God is sovereign. He gives promises. But we have serious responsibilities. And you have to keep both of those together. Yeah, that's the way to be balanced. Hold all extremes. 
he, he, he says, I'm giving you a sovereign promise. It's still relevant. I spoke it. It's true because I'm God. But you have got to obtain this promise. And a whole generation hadn't. And he's now speaking to this generation saying, it's still true. Believe me for it and step forward together. Sovereign promise, but serious responsibility. And, and he underlines these promises that I gave to Moses in verse 3 and 4. I'll give you every place you set your foot as I promised Moses. So there's reassurance that God's promises to us remain true. But there's also the challenge of will we step forward in obedience and obtain them. Now, and what God said to Joshua here is relevant for all of us because we, we move on together. He's speaking to Joshua, but he says in verse 2, this is you and all these people. A church is not a random collection of individuals. It's, it's the called out ones of God, called into a family in order to move forward together. So here's some principles. There's, there's quite a few of them. We'll see how we go. Uh, anyway, the first one is this. It's a time for strength and courage. And he says to them three times, be strong and courageous. And it might be this morning that you're sitting there thinking, well, I just don't feel strong. I'm just not strong. But the command still comes, hey, this is a time for strength and courage. So how can we be strong? Well, you know, you can't be strong in your own strength. In fact, that's one of the reasons God sends trials and difficulties and delays and disappointments our way, just to teach us, not to say you can't do it, but to say, hey, you can't do it on your own, can you? To rob us of our independence so, so if you've had disappointments and delays and you're feeling weak and weedy this morning, join the club. That's part of God's discipleship in our life to, to rob us of our independence and make us dependent upon him. We can only be strong in the Lord. The book of Ephesians says, be strong in the Lord in the, in the power of his might. It's not strength in ourselves, it's being strong in the Lord. The second reason we can be strong is We've got promises just like them. There are promises of God that God's given to us corporately or individual. For them, it was the land. For us, it's other things. You see, the determining factor in our lives is not our history. Some people need, need to hear that. The determining factor in your life is not your track record of failure so far. It's not the times you tripped over. It's not the huge mistakes you have made. The determining factor of our lives is God's promises. It's what he says that's really important, not what we may have done wrong or right in the past. Our, our, good, our, our good moments don't determine our future because we, uh, we, we have what God promises by his grace, not by our own merit. And our bad moments don't determine our future because he, he wipes them clean and says, now come on, believe me, go in my strength. We've got promises. And, and, and thirdly, and most importantly, God is with us. And he says that, I will be with you. And so because of that, he says, don't be discouraged. There's two positive commandments here and two negative ones. Be strong and of good courage. Don't be discouraged. Don't be, I don't know, have you ever had that experience? Where you used to have courage, but it's been dissed. It's been, it's, you've been robbed of courage. He says, no, don't refuse to be robbed of your courage. Don't be uh, fearful. We have to treat fear as an enemy be strong against fear refuse i won't have you why not based on how good or brave or strong i am but based on the promises and the presence of god and there are times where we have to turn to god and say 
I'm feeling frightened. I'm really sorry. Can you help me with this? I'm turning to you. Come and be with me. Come and strengthen me. Come and remind me of your promises again. And and that's what uh, Joshua is told to do. So it's a time, I believe it's time for us as a church to be strong and courageous because God has given us a future and promises to obtain. First thing is this, a bit old-fashioned, it's time to be obedient. Can you move on to point three? (laughs) He says in uh, in verse seven and eight, be careful to obey. He doesn't even say obey, he says, hey, be, be really careful to obey. And the result will be success. Be strong in obedience to God's word. Be careful to obey. In fact, he says it's good to, he uses the word meditate, to chew, and that literally means to chew over what God said, to chew on it, to think about it, to meditate. The word meditate literally means to mutter, to keep, to keep saying, this is what God said, this is what God said. And I think that's a very useful uh, print, biblical principle. And then because of that, we obey it. Sorry, Junior, I'm a bit short of time, but we'll chat after. See, see I, I, think, I, I think it's a really good thing to do. I, I, was, I remember as a kid, I was really bad at... Do you remember memory verses? I don't know if we do... I hope we do some memory verses in kids' work. I was absolutely rubbish at it. I was really, I was really terrible. But, but, I, but I, what I was good at was I kept reading the Bible. I don't know if you read the Bible or not, if it's propping up an aspidestra somewhere. Read, read, find a way to read the Bible. If you're not a reader because you're dyslexic, that's fine. Then listen to the Bible. Get, get, get one on Tinternet or some CDs or whatever you get. But, but get God's word in you. That's what he's saying. Keep receiving God's word. And it's amazing how, I, I still am not very good at memory verses, but, but somehow I do remember them. Sometimes I only remember that it's on the left-hand page of Corinthians, underlined in yellow. That's okay. Just being honest, sometimes I do remember where it is. But, but he's saying, hey, if you want success, be careful to know the word, chew on the word, and, and do it. He's not talking about being a big theological brain boxes. You know, there are, there, there are, there are people that have doctors, divini- doctors, doctorates in divinity that are just, you know, doubly damned. Because they don't do it. Knowing a lot is, doesn't just makes you big brained. Puffs, knowledge puffs up, but doing it is really important. Know, know the word of God, but try and do. When, I, when, when we used to lead the youth group, we, had, we did a very quaint thing. We set up some youth group home groups, which is a very risky thing to do. But we called them dad groups, which is really a rubbish name. But it was discover and do. That's a good principle. So, so let's read the Bible, discover something. Well, let's try. And we had some adventures and some disasters as well. But but it was good fun because you discover something in the Bible and you do it. That's, that's exciting. Be, take time to obey what God said. And I think the same is true, actually, for tested prophetic words. And I, I use that phrase deliberately. I don't mean every mad thing that comes into your head. I, I mean when God has spoken and sometimes it's been said, it's been confirmed by him saying it several times. And you've written it down and you've spoken to people. It's been weighed up and, and it seems to have some weight. Then repeat it. Write it down. Don't, don't treat prophecies with contempt. That's a Thessalonians. Probably the right answer. I don't know. <laughs> but that's what the scripture says. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. Don't, don't throw it. Oh, no, I don't like that kind of stuff. No, no. 
Take it seriously. Don't be silly. Use your brain. Talk to other people. But, but treasure what God has said and, and walk towards them, towards it. It's a time. It's a principle. It's time for strength and courage. It's time to be obedient to what God has said. And, and sometimes you think, well, in this specific, I'm not sure what he's saying. You might just have the broad principles to step out on. It's time, thirdly, to be willing to do new things. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. In chapter 3, verse 4, uh, it says, um, you've never been this way before. And that some of us will be feeling that. Maybe as a church, we certainly, with regard to the building, have not been quite this way before. And it's unfamiliar. That's what he's saying. So you have to be willing to do new things. You know, this whole generation... If you think about it, they had lived their entire lives in a desert. They knew how to put up tents in the desert. They knew how to cook in the desert. They had never seen a city. But now they got to not only see a city, but conquer a city. They'd never seen a river. And now there's a Jordan in flood before them. They, they got to do new things. They were coming across things they'd never come across before in their lives. That's... That's what faith is like. Read Hebrews 11. All those people of faith were always doing something that nobody had done before. Because I mean, our circumstances are always changing. Be willing to do new things. People of faith are always being asked to step out. Here's the fourth principle, rushing on. Keep following the presence of God. Chapter 3, verse 3, he, goes to, uh, he, he gives them instructions and, and he says... The officers of the, went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the ark of the Lord, that's the, the box there that, that symbolized the presence of God with them, and the priests carrying it, move out from your positions and follow it, because you've never been this way before. When God takes you into new circumstances, when God uh, speaks to us as a church to do new things, what's the most important thing? It's to keep close to the presence of God. Always the most important thing, symbolized here by the ark. That had been Moses' attitude, hadn't it? Before, he'd said to God, when God had promised him a huge angel to go, I, I can't bear you, but I'll send an angel with you. And Moses had said, no, unless your presence goes with us, don't, don't take us from here. We'd rather stay here in the wilderness than go anywhere else without your presence. And Joshua had got the same principle. When you see that the presence of God moves, symbolized by the ark, then you follow. Even though there's water in front of you, even though it looks a bit scary, you follow the presence of the God. You know, that's so important for us as a church. I, I tend to think a good plan is better than a bad plan, but strategy is never enough. It isn't, not for, not for any church. A strategy, a way of doing things. It's good to be well organized, but organization is never enough. It's good to have a good plan, but a good plan is never enough. It's the presence of God with us that marks us out as being the people of God. That's, that's the way to make progress into his purposes. Do you, do you follow his presence? Do you want his presence in your life daily? Are you, are you hungry for him? Are we hungry for him as a church? I hope so been lovely to be here this morning and that sense of wanting to welcome the presence of the Lord. Well, let's continue to be like that and increase in hunger for him. They followed the presence of God. And then, and then verse 5, 
he does a very interesting uh, thing. Point five, three verse five, he says, consecrate yourselves because the Lord will do amazing things. To consecrate yourself means to, to, to separate yourself, to make yourself holy, to take stock and give yourself afresh to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves. That's a, it, it almost sounds old-fashioned, doesn't it? People, I can't remember the last time I even heard that word. To consecrate yourself means to treat yourself as different to other people. I'm not like, I'm not like others, I belong to God. I'm going to separate myself from this to God. It speaks of the holiness of God. But it's interesting, it's not an introspective thing. It's no, consecrate yourself to God. See, in my background, when I was a kid, I was brought up very strictly, but it was, when people talked about holiness, it was very me-centered. It was very introspective, so I had to keep examining myself. Am I fruitful enough? Am I, am I holy enough? And, it, and actually, it, although it was well-intentioned to be a holy people, the, the result was it all just focused on me. What's my performance like? What am, I, what am I doing? It was me-ish, but Joshua doesn't do it like that. He says, give yourself to God because he wants to do amazing things. Be holy because God's going to do amazing things. I want to be holy, not because I want to join a holy club or look weird or have a ready breath glow or a funny halo, but none of that. I want to be holy because I want to see God doing more amongst us. I want to see God doing more in our city, in our region, and in the nations. Be holy because of that. Do you see, it's, it's, it's purposeful holiness, purposeful, purposeful consecration. It's about what God might do. And I, I was recently with a, a not one of our family of churches. I was in another church entirely, a big, a big church in the West Midlands. I was asked to go and speak to their uh, leaders. And they, they've got a huge emphasis on, on prayer, uh, hours and hours praying, and, um, and on holiness. And, and I asked the guy, because of my background, I said to him, how, how, how do you manage to do this without becoming legalistic? How many hours have you done? Uh, in prayer uh, how do you manage to do that without becoming legalistic or or sort of introspective oh you shouldn't do that oh you shouldn't do that oh well, i'm doing this and how, how do you do that and he said a very interesting thing he said he said I, I want us to be holy and i want us to pray more because i want us to be and then he struggled and then he said irresistible to the holy spirit i've never really thought thought about that but i was arrested by that phrase what he was saying was, he, he, said, he said, I'm sure God wants to, to, to move amongst us. And I want us to be a people that can welcome him and, and host him moving with, with nothing to put him off. I want us to be irresistible. And, and there's something of what he said has just stayed with This is a couple of months ago now. But it's just stayed with me. I just think, wow, that's, that's a, a good way to look at holiness, isn't it? What God wants to do amongst us is to increase what he does in us and through us. So let's be a people that are consecrated to him, not, not because we're introspective, but we're expecting him to act and move through us and, and with us. Amen? Oh, I thought it was a good point. Thank you, Mark. Here's the next one. Is, is, uh, 
to, in order to obtain promises, we have to pe- be a people that will step out, or in this case, step in. People of faith get their feet wet. That's, that's the principle. Th- this case, see, you see, it says in uh, chapter 3, verse 8, and then it's repeated throughout chapter 3, as soon as their feet touched the water's edge, the water piled up and that, they saw a mighty miracle and they went through uh, the river Jordan. But it didn't happen until they got their feet wet. Do you see the principle? See, people of faith actually have to step out. The late John Wimber used to say, faith is spelt R-I-S-K. It's good, isn't it? Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. There's a risk. See, they had to cross the River Jordan, and it's a river. In places, it runs in a 30-meter deep gorge. But at this period of time, uh, the, the chapter 3 says it's now flooded. So it's fast-flowing, it's broad, and, and they've, they've got to step out into that water, not knowing where the gorge is. It might be shallow at the edge, I don't, I don't know. But it's wide, and it's fast-flowing, and at some point they might just step into a 30-foot gorge. That's what I would be thinking. Wouldn't you? See, see, those, I don't know if they had maps or anything, but it's a big, it's a big wide flooded river you know you shouldn't go into flood water right we know that it's, it's it's dangerous but they've got to walk across this led by the priests poor priests they set out with the ark i'd be a bit nervy wouldn't you i don't know if you've got an imagination but if you've got an imagination just use it you're there and you're carrying you've got the responsibility you're leading with the sim- carrying the presence of god in, in symbolic form and they're following you and you've got to step to the water's edge and you have no evidence from God, except that he's spoken. No absolute proof that it would work out. That's, that's a bit scary, isn't it? But, but isn't that how God calls us to live? By faith. The just shall live by, by faith. When you witness, you, you don't know if anything will happen or nothing will happen. You just sow some seed. When you pray for someone who's unwell, you don't know what will happen. You just trust God. When you buy a building, you don't know exactly how it will happen. You trust God. When you go out and put a gazebo next to the granary, you don't know exactly what will happen. You trust God. And then, amazingly, he finds our faith irresistible. And he does things, and he teaches us, and he moves us forward. That's what it has to be, isn't it? When you start a new congregation or a church plant. You have to trust God. When suddenly you think, oh, I really ought to start giving, it's a bit scary. You have to trust God. First time you use a spiritual gift, you don't know what will happen. You trust God. People of faith have to trust God. And then they have to be loyal and committed. We'll finish with that and then pray together. It's a time for loyal commitment. They said some amazing things to Joshua. I'm not sure they lived up to it. They said in verse 16, whatever you've commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, which is selective memory to say the least. (laughs) So we will obey you. But I love the attitude. You know, they they got it wrong. And and actually, it wasn't as if Joshua was going to get everything right. He led them into a couple of disasters, actually. But they still followed him willingly. 
I don't, I don't know exactly what our inheritance is, what our promised land is. It might be more congregations planted. It's certainly partnering with people in, uh, in Uganda, in Africa, to see hundreds of leaders uh, trained up. It's many people coming to know Jesus. It's all of that and, and, and lots more beside. It's the poor hearing the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in influencing our city for the, for the kingdom of God, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great to, 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 to influence people for the Lord Jesus, whether they're in the homeless hostel, whether on the, on the town council or the city council, and everybody in between. That, that's our inheritance. Well, these are principles for pressing forward. Will you be strong and courageous? I, I, that's not me naturally, I can assure you. But will we be saying, no, I'm going to be strong and courageous. I won't be discouraged. I won't be fearful. Will you be obedient to God's word? Chew on it. Write it down. Speak it out. This is what God said. Will you be willing to do new things? Seek and follow the presence of God. There, there are people that will obtain the promises. Let's pray together, shall we? I know it's um, I know it sort of is September and the start of term, and but I, I do believe God wants to lead us forward in faith, corporately. So I I know there's individuals that may have been struck by one thing or another, but um, just want to speak to us as a, as a church family. You know, it says. Joshua really needed to hear, be strong and courageous. He just really needed to hear it because it was, it was going to be a bit demanding. God doesn't say things three times for nothing. And uh, just want to ask us as a church family, just with a note of seriousness, will we be strong and courageous? Will we keep believing for the things that God has said to us, that we'll be a doorway of hope for many? That if we keep following him, he will cause us to be a doorway of hope, not just in this city, but in the surrounding area and region, and even exporting hope to other nations as we pursue him and serve others and export hope. That takes, takes continued courage. And I, I do believe we're at a season where God wants us to say, yes, Lord, yeah, we'll do that. We'll consecrate ourselves. So if, I, I don't want an automatic thing, but if you feel, hey, I, I want to consecrate myself. I want to give myself afresh to God. I want to be holy and separate for him. Not in an introspective way, but so that we might see the Lord do greater things. Not just through our church. Other churches doing fantastic work. But I'm talking to Hope Church this morning. If you feel, yeah, I want to consecrate myself afresh give myself to God. Will you, will you just stand with me as I consecrate myself to follow his way?